to Season 3 of the Baby Names Podcast, naming the world one baby at a time. Here are your hosts, the Moss Sisters. I'm Jennifer Moss. And I'm Mallory Moss. And we're the founders of BabyNames.com. And we're sisters, too. And you might have heard a little bit about us in the news of these past two weeks. Mm-hmm. We're so humbled and grateful for all the mentions of our statement that we put on our homepage in support of Black Lives Matter. Uh, we were picked up by tons of media. It was extremely unexpected, but we're so grateful that we used the proceeds that we got from the increase in traffic to give back. And the organizations that we supported were Black Mamas Matter Alliance, Black Lives Matter, Color of Change Education Fund, National Bailout Fund, and Campaign Zero. So again, thank you for visiting the site. We also got a huge boost in listens to our podcast. So we hope you liked what you heard and are sticking around. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're honored to be able to share what small influence we have in this conversation. So thank you. Right. And we also want to shout out to Mama Peggy and our dad, Don. Of course, we are recording today on Father's Day and releasing the episode in two days. And then also today is the anniversary of Grandma Maggie's passing. She was the matriarch of all of us Moss Girl sisters, and we miss them both very much. We do. So our first segment is interesting names we found since the last episode. And we got so many great emails this past week. And one of them was from a woman whose last name was DeBlock. And I was thinking, I need to change my name because then I'd be Jennifer DeBlock. Anyway, and I'm also currently binging on The Shy on Showtime. And there's a character named Jerrica, J-E-R-R-I-K-A. And I love that name. It's kind of like Erica with a J or a combination of Jerry and Erica. And I have added it to the babynames.com database. Oh, that's great. I like Jerrica too. I think that's pretty cute. But Jennifer, I don't get the joke, Jennifer DeBlock. From Jennifer Lopez. Oh. Jenny from the Block. You mean like the song from the 90s? Yes. So the new mothers and fathers and aunties. They remember it. It's not that old. Oh, okay, Jennifer. Either are you, right? Anyway, um, a friend of mine told me that he and his wife named his son Buckley after his childhood best friend. They call him Buck. It's an interesting name. Obviously, Buck has a kindergarten playground issue, but I kind of like Buckley. Then it made me think of Brinkley, which I think is also a pretty cute name. I think Brinkley could go either gender, and I think Brink is pretty cute as a nickname. Yeah, I had a client named Buck, and he would always say, Buck with a B. <laughs> Hi, Jenny, this is Buck with a B. And I'm like, oh. My problem with Buck is, uh, if, if anyone's ever seen Kill Bill, he said Buck with a B, too. <laughs> Maybe that's where he got it. All right, so our topic of the week is our continuation of Names from Entertainment. And this week, we're doing Names from Classic 
television. Once upon a time, kids, there was no television, no streaming. And in the late 1940s, early 1950s, when televisions started to become mass produced, people started getting them in their homes and TV became the newest form of entertainment. Before TV, people went to the movies or listened to radio programs. At home, people would even gather around the radio to listen to it, as if they were watching something, but obviously all they could do was hear it. And a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts, Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, because I listen to that like religiously almost every night. Um, And I get it now. It's kind of fun to listen to the story and kind of make up the visuals in your head. Oh, yeah, like mystery theater. Oh, yeah. And believe it or not, there were only three major television networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, which stood for American Broadcasting Company, National Broadcasting Company, and Columbia Broadcasting System. These stations were the extensions of the radio networks. There were two frequencies or dials on our television, VHF and UHF. (laughs) I know it sounds so analog, you know. I know. Yeah, and UHF had all the local channels above 10. And you had to watch the shows in real time. So on Sunday, the TV guide would come in the local paper and you'd read through it to plan your TV watching schedule for the week. Yep. And if there were two things on at the same time that two people wanted to watch, you had to fight over it. Because back in our day, usually there was only one television per household and no ways to record. Well, Mallory and I grew up on classic TV, both first run and reruns. So this episode is close to our hearts, and we hope all you classic TV lovers out there enjoy this as much as we do. Well, we have to start with the classic comedy of all time, I Love Lucy. And that debuted in 1951, and it starred Lucille Ball and her husband, Desi Arnaz. Now, I Love Lucy was groundbreaking for many reasons, but the first was for putting a mixed-race couple on television. She was Caucasian, he was Cuban. It enjoyed six seasons with 180 episodes. Now, their names were Lucy and Ricky Ricardo, and sometimes she went by her maiden name if she was trying to break into showbiz, which was Lucy McGillicuddy. But originally, Ricky's name was going to be Larry Lopez, which just... (laughs) Doesn't sound right. Uh, Lucy and Ricky Ricardo sound better. Now, they had, they eventually had a son, Little Ricky, and they had uh, neighbors and BFFs, Fred and Ethel Mertz. I don't see those names taking off anytime soon, but Lucy is becoming popular again. And the best character name in the show. After looking at all the credits, and we're going to do this for all the shows we mentioned, Rattlesnake Jones. Rattlesnake Jones. (laughs) I love that. I don't remember who that was, but I think it's about time that I go back and binge on the series again. It's so funny. It is. She's so timeless. Yes. And the writing was just spectacular. It really was. And, you know, there were a plethora of white middle class family shows, Ozzie and Harriet, Father Knows Best, The Donna Reed Show, and Leave It to Beaver. And those shows really were kind of like the whitewashing 
of America in the 50s, in 60s, you know, they were about perfect or slightly imperfect white families and happy middle class white families right yeah. and a lot of people you know that weren't in that category whether it be white whether it be wealthy whether it be happy you know always or often compared themselves the names of the shows even became synonymous with um the perfect life like ozzy and harriet or right to beaver yeah, my mom or our mom would always say, I'm not going to be June Cleaver and clean the house in pearls, you know. But Leave It to Beaver was a really funny show. It was mainly about the kids. It was one of my ex-husband's faves, and he introduced it to me. And it was about Theodore Cleaver, nicknamed Beaver Cleaver, or the Beave, and his brother Wally Cleaver. The parents were Ward and June. How waspy are those names? <laughs> Eddie Haskell was the ne'er-do-well in the neighborhood, and he was played by Ken Osmond, who just recently passed, I think in the past couple weeks. Larry Mondello was one of Beave's friends, as was Whitey Whitney, which I think is a cool <laughs> name. Clarence Rutherford was one of Wally's friends. Um, but the best supporting character name, I would say, is Cinda Dunsworth. And I think she was one of Wally's... Uh, Conquests? Not conquest, because he just had crushes on girls. It was just like, that was another thing about the 50s and 60s is like, you know, all the the censorship and everything was just like super straight edge and clean. There were no mentions of drugs or sex or anything. Right. And I actually like the name Cinda, C-I-N-D-A. That's pretty cute. Yeah. I'd like to see that come back. I don't think Cindy will come back anytime soon, Cynthia. Because that's a pretty 50s dated name. And we're going to talk about Karen at the end of the episode. But it's kind of in the same vein as Karen. Um, but Cinda is a really nice alternative. Yeah. Well, we talked about Mickey Mouse Club on the Disney Names episode number 43. Then in the 60s came some quirky comedies. One of which was The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis in 1959. The summary goes... Dobie Gillis is an average teenager living in an average central city with an average desire. Girls! He <laughs> lusts after many nubile women, notably Thalia Menninger. Rivals for affection include rich playboys Milton Armitage, who was played by Warren Beatty, and Chatsworth Osborne Jr. Dobie is fortunate to have loyal friends, beatnik Maynard G. Krebs and super intelligent Zelda Gilroy, who knows Dobie is meant for herself one day. It was the first television series to feature teenagers as main characters. Well, it's not clear if Dobie was a given name or a nickname, but the show is based on a series of short stories by Max Schulman. And his parents were Herbert and Winifred, which I think is cute. There was also Zelda, Clarissa, and of course, like you said, one of my favorite names, Thalia who was played by Tuesday Weld, and we covered the name Tuesday in our Temporal Names episode um, about times and dates. 
And then there were also characters named Blossom, Vidalio, and Duncan. Ooh. And my hero, Yvonne Craig, played Aphrodite Milliken. I love that name. Another great show. Right around that same time, in 1961, was the Dick Van Dyke Show. One of my favorites. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Another, like, middle-class family, but it also showed a lot of his work as being a comedy writer. So it was kind of self-referential in that they were showing what it took to put on a comedy show. And so the characters, main characters were Rob and Laura Petrie. And their son, Richie. Then the co-workers were Sally and Buddy. Sally Rogers and Buddy Sorrell. And Buddy's wife was named Pickles. (laughs) (laughs) And it suited her. Then they had their boss, Mel Cooley, who was kind of a dweeb. And then they had neighbors named Millie and Jerry Helper. And their super boss, the guy who was on the fake show that they were writing for, was named Alan Brady. Do you remember the song about his name? Alan Brady, Alan Brady, Alan Brady. No one's really going to care. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway, Stacy Petrie uh, was Rob's brother who was shy, mm. but then he got hypnotized to be loud and rambunctious when he heard a bell ring. That's, that's <laughs> one of the best episodes. And he was played by Dick Van Dyke's actual brother, Jerry Van Dyke. I would have to say the best character name in this show was Lyle Delp. And he was played by Don Rickles. And then there was also a Vanita Fellows. I love in these 60s shows, like, there's always, like, some female vamp. I know. know? (laughs) I like the name Vanita. Vanita. I like Vanita. That's pretty. Zelda. Yes. So the era also created shows with supernatural and magic elements. And Bewitched was one of them. It was based on the film I Married a Witch with Veronica Lake. Lead character was Samantha Stevens, 100% witch, married to mortal Darren. Her mischievous and disapproving mother was named Endora, E-N-D-O-R-A, and they had two kids, Tabitha and Adam. Nosy neighbors were Abner and Gladys Kravitz. Abner! You have to come see this! Abner! Boy, I hope we're having older listeners today. (laughs) Wait, but let's talk about Abner and Gladys Kravitz, because I think they were supposed to be like stereotypical Jewish people or a Jewish couple. Well, I mean, the last name Kravitz is is technically... Well, it's German, right? Yeah, it's definitely German, and often German names in the 50s and 60s were Jewish as well. You know, I was thinking the same thing with... Mel Cooley, although Cooley is not a very Jewish name. Mel Cooley wasn't Jewish. Buddy Sorrell was supposed to be Jewish. Yeah, Buddy was. So often they would have Jewish characters, but they wouldn't mention that they were Jewish. Right. It was just to be assumed or maybe included in kind of a... And it was stereotyped, too. Oh, often. Very much so. Very much so. Anyway... Um, shout out to Lenny Kravitz, who is indeed Jewish. Woo-hoo. Anyway, Darren's boss was Larry Tate. Then some of Samantha's magic family included Esmeralda, mm-hmm. Uncle Arthur, played by Paul Lind. And that means nothing to most of you. And Samantha's cousin, Serena, 
who was indeed the evil twin and played by Elizabeth Montgomery. A lot of times they would take evil twins, they would take the actual character and just put a black wig on her. (laughs) (laughs) And and make her talk like this. And more makeup. (laughs) So Samantha and Serena... I like both of those names, yeah. The best character name in the credits was Augustus Sunshine. Now, the name Samantha just hit the U.S. charts in 1964, the year Bewitched was released, and jumped significantly from 1964 to 1965, from 474 to 179, which shows how much this series had an impact on baby naming. It hit the top 10 in 1988 and stayed there for a decade. It is now at number 60. Yeah, and it's the name of Miranda's half-sister. Shout out, Samantha! They call her Sammy. Also, in 1964, the most syndicated show of all time, well, maybe at that time, was Gilligan's Island. And they and the theme song had all the characters' names in it. There's Gilligan... The The Skipper to the Millionaire and and his his wife, wife, the movie star. And then depending on which season you listen to, sometimes they were the rest and sometimes they were Professor and the Marianne. It was was the first season. (laughs) The last two characters is like the movie star and the The rest. rest. (laughs) And then those two actors were like, hey. What's going on? We want to be in the theme song, too. So then it was the movie star, the presser, and Marianne here on Gilligan's Isle. So each of these characters did actually have real names, although most were referred to by their nicknames throughout the show. So the skipper was Jonas Grumby, played by Alan Hale Jr. The millionaire was Thurston Howell III, played by Jim Backus, and his wife was Mrs. Lovey Howell. And we don't know if that was her name or a nickname. Who knows? But he called her Lovey. The movie star, played by Tina Louise, was Ginger Grant, and she was patterned after Marilyn Monroe. The professor's name was Roy Hinckley, although they rarely said that, and that was played by Russell Johnson. And Marianne was Marianne Summers, played by Don Wells. And Gilligan... I didn't realize this for the longest time, was his last name. (laughs) Um, And his first name was never revealed on the series itself, but in one of the reunion shows, it was revealed. And do you know what it is, Mallory? Mm, Caractacus. Why do you always guess that name? (laughs) Because it's from my favorite show, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Okay. It was Willie. His name was Willie Gilligan. (laughs) Oh, so William Gilligan. I guess. Okay. What are the best character names? Wrong Way Feldman. <laughs> Another Jewish character that apparently went the wrong way. Harold Hecuba and Ramu. Now, of course, looking back, this series does not hold up well in contemporary terms because it's extremely racist and repeatedly refers to indigenous islanders as savages. Yeah. So just a heads up on that. Yeah, I might want to skip it. I want to talk about the Adams family. One of the supernatural shows featuring a creepy and kooky family based on the macabre cartoons by Charles Adams. Characters included Morticia, Gomez, Uncle Fester, Lurch, 
Wednesday, Pugsley, Cousinet, and The Thing. We would not recommend you use any of these names, maybe with the exception of Gomez, which is a real surname, and Wednesday. Fun character names, though, and certainly acceptable for pets. If you have a really hairy dog or cat, Cousin It would be the perfect name. Best supporting character name, Isla Clarp. Isla <laughs> Clarp. I-L-A. So everyone knows that I love sci-fi, and one of my favorite shows back in the day was Lost in Space, 1965. Danger, Will Robinson, danger, Will Robinson. Of course, there was a reboot in 2018, which, eh. I fell asleep. I'm not a fan. (laughs) I'll just tell you that. Uh, The characters in that, it centered around the boy Will Robinson, or actually the Robinson family, a family in space. Yeah, kind of like Swiss Family Robinson. I think that's what it was taken off of. Yeah. Yeah, right. It was supposed to be Swiss Family Robinson in space. You're right. Penny and Judy. The parents were John and Maureen. And then there was uh, technician Don West and the evil Dr. Zachary Smith, who in the new one was replaced by a woman played by Parker Posey, named June Harris, but her she took on the name Dr. Smith as a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the robot. Now, there were a lot of great character names in this one because it was sci-fi. So there's Sibylla, like Sybil with an extra L.A., played by Mercedes McCambridge. There's Myko, M-Y-K-O, Bollocks. Bollocks. Mr. <laughs> Zumdish, Kima. Nexus, Dr. Marvello, and Megazor. And Daniel J. Travanti was the space hippie. (laughs) (laughs) And you might recognize that name if you are a fan of Hill Street Blues. (laughs) The space hippie. Why was there a hippie friend in all of these? (laughs) Because it was the 60s. And that was cool. That reminds me of one of my favorite shows, The Jetsons, but we'll do a names from cartoons and kids shows since that's a whole separate subject. The iconic Star Trek also premiered in the 1960s, but we did talk about that on its own special episode number 50, Star Trek Names. 1965 brought us Green Acres, a classic fish-out-of-water tale about a rich Manhattan couple who moved to a small town. I think an Iowa? Because the husband, who is a successful attorney, always dreamed of being a farmer. And that's really a funny show if you can find it anywhere. Or maybe just because I can relate after living in a big city all my life and moving to a small town in the mountains. Well, I live in the mountains too, but I don't think there are any characters... As kooky. As kooky as from Green Acres. So the couple were Oliver Wendell Douglas, named after the famous attorney Oliver Wendell Holmes, and his wife Lisa, played by Eva Gabor, twin to Zsa The farm folk were named Eb, Sam Drucker, Hank Kimball, Mr. Heine, the shady salesman, Fred Ziffel, and his pig Arnold. Oliver! Oliver! You know, Oliver is one of those... Super classic names that just never goes out of style. 
Yeah, here in the U.S., Oliver has been in the top 500 for the entire 20th century. It was really popular up until about the 50s, then lost popularity for a while, then came back around 2000, but it never dropped off the charts at all. Many people, it had something to do with olives or olive trees, but its real root is from the Germanic Alfar, A-L-F-H-A-R, which means elf army. It could also be a derivative of the old Norse name Alifur, meaning ancestor's descendant. Right. Oliver and Olivia really have nothing to do with olives or olive branches. Now, one of my favorite magical shows from the 60s was I Dream of Jeannie from 1965. And mom hated it because the woman called the man master. Um, And she was involved with the women's rights movement at the time and everything. But that didn't keep us from watching it. So there was Jeannie, who was a genie in a bottle. And I actually have one of those bottles. It was a Jim Beam bottle that was produced in the 1960s, a commemorative bottle that they just painted to be her genie bottle. Hmm. So it's sitting right on my mantle. She also had an evil cousin or twin or whatever named Jeannie too. So they were not too creative about that. No, she had a sister. No, this is true. She had a sister with black hair, of course, that came, that tried to steal Larry. Yeah, it was Jeannie too. Yeah, look it up. Anyway, her love and her master although we don't like that term, was Major Anthony Nelson, an astronaut from NASA. And this is how I learned all about NASA, believe it or not. And of course, that was during the whole space program and the Apollo missions. So that made him a hero. Major Anthony Nelson was one of Mallory's loves. And tell them (laughs) what you did to your name during that time. Yeah, well before Larry Hagman was on Dallas, he was indeed Major Anthony Nelson. And because I had such a crush on him, I decided my real name would be Mallory Beth Anthony Moss. (laughs) And you went around and told everyone your name was Mallory Beth Anthony Moss, (laughs) and you put it on all your school papers. Everyone thought that was just a little strange, but you know what? I was a little strange. Well, who cares? It's what you wanted to do, and you did it. Yeah, that's right. So... Anthony Nelson had a BFF in NASA, Major Roger Healy, and he was my crush, played by Bill Daly, who also was in the Bob Newhart show. NASA psychiatrist, I guess, was <laughs> Dr. Alfred Bellows, and he had his wife, Amanda. And then some of Jeannie's cohorts were Blue Jin, Haji, Uh, Professor Henrietta Swanson, but the best name in the program was Chauncey Smedley. Moving into the late 60s, we watched the Brady Bunch religiously. Friday night was Brady Bunch and Partridge Family, and no one could fight us on that. The Brady Brunch... The Brady Bunch was groundbreaking because it was based on a blended family. Although in order to make it palatable and not include the complications of divorce, both parents were widowed. Names include the parents Mike and Carol, Marsha, Jan, Cindy, Greg, Peter, and Bobby. Alice Nelson was the housekeeper and her boyfriend was Sam the Butcher Franklin. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I love Jan because she was such a middle child, just like me. And these all became iconic names in television, but instead of influencing baby names, they actually dated the names. 
Mm-hmm. The name Marsha was pretty popular in the 40s and 50s, but started dropping off after the TV series and fell completely off the charts in the early 90s. Now, my preteen heart was captured by David Cassidy, who shot to fame in The Partridge Family in 1970, about a family who who was also a pop band. (laughs) And the mother was widowed, and her name was Shirley Partridge, and she was played by Shirley Jones, David's real stepmom in real life. David played Keith, the oldest son, and then there was Lori, played by Susan Day. She was my girl crush. Then there was Danny, played by Danny Bonaduce, Tracy, and Christopher. Their band manager was Reuben Kincaid, so he was kind of like the father figure, although he and Shirley never got together because it had to be wholesome. And so many hit singles came out of that show, and I played them over and over on my record player. Now, the best character name, I would have to say, is Ziggy Schnoor, <laughs> played by Maury Amsterdam from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Ziggy Schnoor. wonder if he was supposed to be Jewish, too. I just want to point out that we're half Jewish, and that's why we keep talking about Jews. Anyway, and last but not least, we can't have a show about classic television without mentioning the Mary Tyler Moore show, which came out in 1970. This show was groundbreaking in that its lead character was a single woman who had a career. That had been done once before with that girl, although in that series... Anne-Marie was ditzy, a part-time model, and depended heavily on her boyfriend, Donald. Mary Richards, on the other hand, from the Mary Tyler Moore show, was intelligent, independent, and didn't depend on men. Yeah, I re-watched that whole series again a couple of years ago. And seeing it as an adult, I got obviously so much more out of it. It really was fantastic. In the first episode, Mary gets hired by a TV station and finds out that the man who had her job previously was paid more. And she confronts her boss about it. And this was 1970. So what made me sad, though, is that we're still facing these issues today. But anyway, if you go back and watch one show out of all that we've mentioned, I'd say this one has to be it. It's also incredibly funny. The ensemble is just perfect, and the writing is great. Yeah, definitely. So Mary played Mary Richards, and her best friend was Rhoda Morgenstern. Definitely Jewish. Yeah, they actually, this was one of the first times they actually said she was Jewish. Right. She was a definitely Jewish character. Yeah, in other words, stereotyped. Well, she moved from New York. That's still stereotyped. (laughs) No, I know. But I'm saying I don't think she was stereotyped. It's just that they wanted to, I think at this point, they just wanted to represent Okay, okay. You know. Phyllis Lindstrom and Lars were their waspy landlords, although you never see Lars. But you do meet their troubled daughter, Bess. Mary's boss was named Lou Grant, who had a spinoff show. Did you know he's still alive? Because he's on Cameo. Anyway. No, he's also on Twitter. He's very active. Anyway, newsroom writer Murray Slaughter was played by Gavin McLeod, who later went on to become captain of the love boat. The goofy and vain newscaster was Ted Baxter, played by Ted Knight, who really stole many of the Oh, my God. He's so funny. Yeah. Ted's girlfriend was Georgette, which is a pretty cute name, but you know me and Et. And this was a launching vehicle for Betty White, who played the nasty television homemaker Sue Ann Nivens. John Amos, very famous black 
actor played writer Gordy Howard, but the best name in the show was Laszlo Kralik. Yeah, and I see, I think they wanted to represent, you know, the black community too. So I think the Mary Tyler Moore show launching in 1970 was kind of one of the first that embraced the civil rights and the women's movement Mm -hmm. and just really wanted to put that out there. And I would have to say that my three favorites would be I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke Show, and Mary Tyler Moore. Mal, what were yours? I would have to say the Witchy Poo shows. So I Dream of Jeannie, obviously, because I was Mallory Beth Anthony Moss. Um, I love Bewitched because it was really, really funny. And I would also have to say the Brady Bunch. And now it's time for Celebrity Baby News. <laughs> Becca Martinez from The Bachelor and her boyfriend Grayston Leonard. I don't know, that sounds so fancy. Have welcomed their second baby, a boy, but they've not released his name yet and had actually not named him at the time of birth. On Instagram, they even asked for suggestions. What do you think, Jen? Should we offer up our services? Sure, if they don't have a name yet. Anyway, the baby is the younger brother of 16-month-old sister Ruth Ray Delaluz, named in honor of Leonard's grandmother and Martinez's father. How to Get Away with Murder star Carla Souza and her husband Marshall Trenkman have had their second baby. They named their son Luca Oliveras, who was born on June 12th. Luca is Sousa and Trenkman's second child, and he joins two-year-old sister Gianna. Mm. Her pregnancy was announced in May when she posted a photo featuring her daughter, her baby bump, and shirts for both of them saying Mama Bird and Little Bird. Well, thank you for not naming it Birdie. I I know. I thought about that when I was... Comedian Kristen Wiig and her fiancé, actor Avi Rothman, have welcomed twins. The babies were born earlier this year via surrogate. The twins are the first children for both parents, and no further information, including names, have been released. I like the name Avi for a boy. I know it's typically used by Jewish families, but I could see it being a crossover Mm -hmm. like Gabriel. Anyway, actress Michelle Williams and her husband, woohoo, Hamilton director Thomas Kale, welcomed their first child together. They have not announced their baby girl's name yet. Michelle has a 14-year-old daughter with the late Heath Ledger, Matilda Rose, who was born three years before her father passed away. Mm. Rapper Pusha T and his wife Virginia Williams announced the arrival of their first baby, Pusha T, whose birth name is Terrence LeVar Thornton, revealed that his son Nigel Bricks Thornton was born on June 11th. He is the first child for both parents. Now that reminds me of Nigel Thornberry, who is in Who's that? Uh, a cartoon from the 90s. And he would always, always say, my name is Nigel Thornberry. So I wonder if they were thinking of that when they named him Nigel Thornton. Quite possibly. Muse frontman Matthew Bellamy and actress Elle Evans have announced the arrival of their first child together, baby girl Lavella Dawn. Baby Lavella was born on (laughs) the 7th. What? 
I don't like Lavella. <laughs> L-O-V-E-L-L-A. Was born on June 7th and joins older brother Bingham Hahn from Bellamy's prior relationship with Kate Hudson. Okay. Wizards of Waverly Place actor David Henry and former pageant queen Maria Cahill are expecting their second child, which has been revealed to be a baby boy. And in a music video called Wake Up Love, singer Tayana Taylor announced she is expecting with husband Iman Shumpert, professional basketball player. She was joined by Iman and their four-year-old daughter, Iman Taylor, nicknamed Junie. Ooh, I like the name Junie as a standalone name, too. I like Taylor. T-A-Y-L-A. You like those T-A names? I do. Tess, Thalia, Taylor. They're all similar, yeah. Actor Will Arnett and businesswoman Alessandra Braun welcomed a baby boy on May 27th. Alexander Dennison Arnett joins three older brothers. He is Arnett's third child, joining big brothers Archie and Abel, Archie, Abel, and Alexander. And the two older brothers were with mom Amy Poehler. And Braun second after her son, Nash. Alexander Dennison, nicknamed Denny, is the couple's first child together. And in our final item of celebrity baby news, rappers Iggy Azalea and Playboy Cardi have unexpectedly announced that they had a baby after keeping her pregnancy a secret. Oh my God! I know! Iggy Azalea, whose birth name is Amethyst Amelia Kelly, announced via an Instagram story that she had a son. As of yet, no name has been revealed. Ooh, I can't wait for that baby name. Me too. Ooh, that should be interesting. Now, I like Amethyst Amelia. That's beautiful. I wonder how she got Iggy. We're going to have to look that up. Our last segment is our Q&A when we take questions from you, our listeners. Okay, so we got a letter that said, Hi, I'm a birth clerk. Lately, I've noticed a trend of parents naming their daughters James, J-A-M-E-S. Just wondering why. Is there a celebrity that did this? I had one mother say to me, I love names that are gender neutral. Eh, no, it isn't. So what's up with this? Sincerely, name withheld. So from 1900 to 1987, James was actually on the top 1,000 list for U.S. births for girls and then dropped off the charts completely. So at least in the 20th century, it has been sort of gender neutral, although historically a male name, a biblical male name, going all the way back. But I personally like James for girl. And, you know, there have been Jamies like Jamie Lynn Spears. So I think it's a good gender neutral extension of that. And don't forget Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively named their daughter James back in 2014. So that could have brought the name back for girls. For sure. Celebs do have a big influence on baby naming. Ryan said that James was named after his father of the same name, with which he had a very complicated relationship. But then he said Blake helped him fix his broken relationship with his dad before his dad died in 2015 of Parkinson's disease. And the reconciliation inspired the couple to give their daughter the name James. I kind of like that. Yeah, okay. There's a good story behind that. Mm -hmm. Our next letter. Hello. 
Charlie from TMZ here reaching out in regards to some information from you guys for a possible news story. Lately, people have been using the name Karen to describe a racist woman. Wanted to see if you guys have seen a decline in naming their children Karen. Wanted to see if you have seen a decrease in the search for the name Karen on the site. And what was the search like from last year for that name compared to this year? Thanks, TMZ. So what I told him was that the Karen identification has definitely hit baby naming trends. Although it had already been kind of a dated name, most popular from 1938 to 1968, the name Karen has seen a steep decline in the past two years. Now, we've seen a 75% decrease in popularity in the last decade and found that zero of our users out of millions added the name Karen to their favorite name lists in the past year. So that's a sure indication that Karen as a baby name is out. Now, in U.S. birth stats, Karen was ranked number 557 in 2017, number 635 in 2018, and of course, the 2019 stats have not yet been released. As far as searches on our site, when we ran the numbers, there was actually a 10 times increase in Karen searches this year, as opposed to the same time frame last year. I guess that's because people are coming to babynames.com to look up its meaning, which, by the way, is pure. Karen was originally a Danish form of the name Catherine. Yeah, isn't that cool? I bet a lot of people don't know that they come from the same root. Now, I have several good friends named Karen, and one is black, so I asked her how she felt right now about being a Karen. And she said, quote, my first reaction was, aw, why that name? But she said she does recognize that by today's standards, she has a very Anglo-sounding name, but says, it's my name and it doesn't define who I am, just as something more Afrocentric would not define me, and I'm certainly not going to change it because of what's trending now. So that goes back to my basic philosophy that a name does not define the person. A name is what you make of it. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to go to babynames.com, take a look at our homepage, and write us. We want to hear from you at podcast at babynames.com. That comes straight to me and Mallory. Okay, thanks for joining me, Mal. Love you. Love you too. See you later. Bye. Bye.